0: You are listening to Single Service. My name is Arno Martire, and I am your host. Single Service is a podcast dealing with design, architecture, business, and city building in which I interview an expert on a specific subject matter. Together, we dive into that topic and challenge conventional thinking in a thought-provoking conversation. I sincerely hope that you will find these conversations as engaging as I did and learn a thing or two in the process. Don't forget to send us your comments, criticism, and praise. To do so, you can email us at hello at rvltr.studio or leave a comment online. You can also subscribe to the podcast on our website at rvltr.studio. Walker McKinley is the founder of McKinley Studios, a firm operating in the fields of strategy, architecture, interiors, branding, art, and furniture based in Western Canada. The firm operates on a unique studio model, the Black Chamber, that aims at giving designers more agency over their work through collaboration between creative disciplines, which is what we're here to talk about today. So can you start by telling us who you are and what you do in your own words in three sentences or less?
1: I'm Walker McKinley, founder of McKinley Studios. I'm a architect um, by education, but I'm involved in a I guess, six different creative studios, as well as some manufacturing companies. Um but was mostly based in Vancouver and Calgary. Uh,
0: that was short and sweet. So let's get right into it. And what the hell is the Black Chamber?
1: So in our architecture and interiors practice, we were increasingly asked questions by clients that we felt weren't really answerable by design, by architecting. Um, and required research and collaboration and outside voices. We decided to both monetize that activity and also we felt it was a way by taking on that, that work for our clients. It was a way to be at the table at the very beginning of projects when we think a lot of really important decisions are made that designers are sort of left out of when they come in in the standard practice of later. So... We're doing research, we're bringing in artists and top chefs and economists and other data professionals, um, and working on it, it changes with every project. Sometimes it's positioning of a real estate project, sometimes it's programming, sometimes it's uncovering assets that a client has that they may not understand, and, and then often it works for us as a business development tool because it leads to design
0: so the if I understand correctly, design is not always the answer
1: to those challenges. Design is ultimately the answer, <laughs> but but we think that designers have often been left out of that critical first step, which in my mind, design thinking is what is needed for so many of these challenges, mm-hmm. and yet pro forma thinking and legal thinking and political thinking ends up taking over, and designers are handed a, a kind of half baked agenda
0: so how long has have you been operating on that model then
1: the firm is 20 some years old as a kind of pure architecture interiors firm black chamber came about i would say five years ago ish Mm -hmm. and is really in the last three years taken on real flesh it's got a team and and really a, a process
0: so i think to help me visualize and i think the audience as well can you maybe speak to a couple of significant or typical projects
1: that have come out of this collaborative process? Sure. Um, I'll be speaking today about a couple of them here at IDS. The very first project where we really catalyzed this was um, Simon's Department Store, which we had done work for them. They have 125,000 square foot department stores. They work for them, unlike most retailers these days. Um But they could not get that kind of real estate in downtown Toronto or downtown Vancouver. So they came to us and said, you know, our program, what would a 10,000 or a 30,000 square foot Simon's look like? Mm -hmm. So we knew that that wasn't just shrinking the store, that it wouldn't be sensical and needed a completely different idea of what shopping is. And so it's really the day that I would talk to Peter Simons about that project, I was that evening watching a documentary about a group in world war two that cracked the Japanese code during the war. Mm -hmm. They were called black chamber. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of half deliriously asleep on the couch. And I was like, Hey, I think that's what we're being asked to do is crack cultural codes and consumer behavior codes and figure out how the web could replace 120,000 square feet in in mix with a thirty thousand square feet and what Mm -hmm. that would look like and and what it would need to do so then the store became about community and being a sort of ambassador generating web traffic yeah um shopping takes on a whole other sort of so are
0: you directly responsible
1: for bringing simon's to toronto i'm not no (laughs) we have not done any of that work yet we've started in on the work and Mm -hmm. uh I've done a number of their department stores, none here.
0: I see. So, what do you aim to accomplish with this new model? What's the like your purpose or your vision, long term vision?
1: For us, Black Chamber does a lot of things. I mean, it, it, it's a powerful way. Like, how do I say this? It's at once new for us, but really, it's old. It's what architects have always known their job was to think and to be design thinkers and i feel like recently developers and project managers and all kinds of other related professionals have taken away a lot of the sort of agency of the designer so for us partly it just gives it back it gets us at the table right away it lets us help make big important programming decisions it's worked so well for our projects where we've done it separately as a uh project that we now every project we have starts with a sort of mini black chamber it's sort of our pre-design process and it's opening doors for us it you know sometimes people are interested in that thinking more than necessarily they already have a designer or an architect but we'll still do the thinking and then it leads to more of the more traditional work that we do
0: so are you still taking on the, the traditional architecture interiors work, or are you solely operating from that black chamber
1: model now? We definitely still do architecture and interiors, but black chamber is now sort of the foundation of how we work. Mm-hmm. So. That's very interesting. Um,
0: so you have your fingers in many figurative pies, architecture interiors, graphic design, art, products even. Uh, I think those glasses you're wearing yeah, are your design. Works. How do you keep track of everything and, and prevent the whole thing from losing steam or get lost? Falling in apart. Yeah. Um, do I?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, I've got a great team where uh, mm-hmm. we, each of the studios has a director and, and associates and a team. My job is to sort of make sure they're collaborating and working as an interdisciplinary whole. Um, you know, I, i was sort of a mascot for a fair amount of it and very high level Mm -hmm. um, within it. And then the team really does the work. So it's all about people. Absolutely. And collaboration. We're Mm -hmm. extremely collaborative.
0: That's very interesting. So there's another architect who's been working hard at bringing agency back into the fold of architecture. That's Joshua Prince-Ramus of Rex, New York. Mm -hmm. And he's really big on doing that by designing in a way that gives him and his firm more agency, um, and he does so by designing buildings that basically cannot be modified without being completely destroyed. Right. Uh, there's a famous example of um, one of those ubiquitous uh, high-res towers in Seoul that he was asked to design. And his solution was to make the elevator core the facade so that it couldn't be changed it was it it had to be what it was, otherwise the structure would not stand um and so that's more to me a tactical right. uh, approach to making to bringing agency back into the fold of the architect. It seems you have more of a strategic approach to the problem can you Can you speak more about that yeah,
1: I think through black chamber our Approaches to, as I say, have a seat at the table right from the beginning and to be involved in really involved in the decisions that would lead to decisions that would lead to value engineering. So we're helping set the the overall values of the project and, and why the project exists and, and setting a North Star for all decisions that are made within a project from how it's communicated to the public to how it's negotiated with the municipalities to what it looks like to how it's sold. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, by being a part of that, I feel like we're able to really define where the project goes. And so when you do that, do you find that the
0: it's harder to value engineer because you have your fingers in all those aspects of the project?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't necessarily see value engineering as an evil even. I think if it's value engineering and truly, I I think what we're trying to work on in Black Chamber are the values. Mm -hmm. So I think if the values are strongly set, yes, you can make decisions about do we spend on this or that, but they're made around values. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I think it is a way to control quality or at least encourage quality and which I think is also what, you know, fighting value engineering is also obviously trying to do. And so have you noticed any
0: like tangible and noticeable differences in quality between maybe your
1: older, more traditional architecture and what you do now? Yes, for sure. I think, I mean, we're seeing great success in some of the really large projects that we're involved in, like multi-building Urban fabric kind of projects, we're able to tell a story and bring a narrative based on setting up values all the way through the project, so that you know different architects can be working on different parts of it. We can be working on parts of it. We can be helping to bring in the right kind of tenants. We can be helping to set how the tenants communicate with each other, how the branding is done, Mm -hmm. and so you know we've gone from maybe we're doing the architecture of a building or the interiors in a building to. Really helping engineer the entire vision of the place and how all parts of it come together with us and other people.
0: So again, just to to maybe paint a picture in, in the listener's mind and in my own mind too because it helps me you know the visual person. Uh, say if you did a condo for a developer, you you what you can do basically is everything from uh, the pro forma and the uh, the initial studies down to the marketing and the selling. Can you do all of that in-house?
1: Not all of it. Um, So, a lot of it. So, currently, of course, Vancouver is like Toronto. A lot of the work is developer condo buildings. Mm -hmm. So, we would typically get involved with Black Chamber early on in terms of helping envision the sort of positioning of a product and a building who it's going to sell to. We do consumer behavior research. We do that kind of market analysis, but we do it from a design point of view. Mm -hmm. We, we would do the architecture. We would do the interiors. We would do the branding. We would do strategy around marketing. Um, not sales. Certainly. Um, I see. And so what kind of response
0: have, has that model uh, generated both from the clients and maybe from the users or consumers or the general public? What kind of response have you seen to
1: it? I'd say generally it's been really, really positive. Um, it, it, in a way, it it empowers clients who don't always have the tools to to do design thinking. They come from a real estate background or a mm-hmm. financial background. And so... You know, you become another part of their organization and help them think in a way that, you know, they'd rather do good things. And you help to help them set values for a project that are you know more noble perhaps than just the performa. And yet you're also responsive to the performa. So I, I think clients have reacted really well. I think the product is generally better that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Some of the my favorite work we've done in Black Chamber has been just for ourselves. We've we've done a big study on housing and and construction processes for like single family homes mm-hmm. which has led to us being partners in a manufacturing company on a sort of innovative housing platform prefabricated magnesium panel homes that were rolling out called commonplace so that started as a us asking ourselves is there another way mm-hmm. for for housing and turned into a, a company and a, a platform and we're, we're so building our first prototypes now and we're in yeah. conversations with, with people in the U.S. to do 400 homes. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. it sounds like it's almost your own and also uh,
0: uh, uh, your clients' R&D department, yeah. basically.
1: Yeah, really. We started out calling it R&D and it morphs. Like sometimes it's it's visioning, market positioning. The best of it's, I think, R&D.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um,
0: and so you mentioned uh, this one personal project that led to like a whole other business are there any other self-initiated uh, projects or research topics that um, you're very interested in
1: that have yielded extraordinary results um, well they haven't yielded companies mostly but we're currently doing a like we're all over the place we're doing a study on Street fashion and how how luxury as an idea has been changed by marginalized groups of through street fashion and and what that means for architecture mm-hmm. is a study I'm really excited about right now. We've been doing studies for clients on a deep understanding of wellness for architecture, what we're calling wholeness, a really, really holistic idea of wellness Mm -hmm. and what that literally will mean for buildings and cities. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So we're all over the place.
0: So maybe you can help me clarify. um, I never understood the brand Supreme, and I think it's (laughs) right up that alley of street fashion as luxury. Is, is that something you can explain to me? Because this is still a mystery.
1: I think it's Supreme's a mystery to most people. I mean, what excites me about that space is that people like Virgil Abloh mm-hmm. literally opened the doors of a very homogenous luxury world and brought in, you know, Designers, the first students were sitting in the front rows of fashion shows. He was the first black designer to be in the sort of LVMH um, stable, mm-hmm. it, and when he did that, what what he did for, say, Louis Vuitton, I, I think changes design. So
0: I, I'm familiar with him because we actually went to the same school he did. Oh, yeah. uh, we both studied at IIT and cool. I, I know he passed away recently. So mm-hmm. rest in peace. Um, and But I'm not too familiar with his fashion work. Like what in your mind has he done to kind of open the doors to a whole new
1: market or, or type of fashion that didn't exist before? I mean, he did a lot of things. To me, the exciting stuff was what he was doing at Louis Vuitton where he was taking this, you know, generations old, very stable, very traditional brand and really ironically and and sometimes sarcastically even warping it, morphing it, changing it, Mm -hmm. often with... With a marginalized audience in mind, so mm-hmm. you know he, he sort of inserted this code into the traditional French luxury market that we can never go back on now because what he've done, but and yet it was still within the 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 code the 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 computer was still running mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton and now there was this rogue code in it that's and, and it's amazing that
0: they let him do it in the first place. What do you think pushed them to like? Do uh, such a one eighty and and like because it doesn't sound like they ran away from their existing brand, but to let it be co opted by someone yeah. who would you would never thought as being part of that brand to begin with.
1: I mean, you know, I don't know the exact story. I, I, I should look into the the sort of genesis story of when that happened. But but it was phenomenally successful, mm-hmm. right? And I think Baby Step saw that this this was a world that was going to financially be so successful for these brands that it was sort of impossible to, to not allow it. And and Mm -hmm. those brands had a, a long history of artistic um, respect and freedom, but within a a pretty narrow band until people like him came along. Yeah. And of course now it's become, it it works so well that there's an almost uh, cynical version of it going on where everybody needs a, a Virgil Abloh, and there's there's not that many yeah. Virgil Ablos to go around. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, there's there was probably only one. Exactly. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, that's an interesting tangent, but it, it shows how kind of broadly you're thinking, and I think that's much needed in this industry. Um, what has gotten you excited maybe in the last little while of things that you're thinking about working on or you started working on but are, you haven't fully formed ideas you haven't fully formed yet or things that you think are going to happen in the future that uh, would be worth looking at
1: um i mean off the cuff that our 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 housing project is very exciting to me right now it's mm-hmm. it, it, it it feels like it answers so many issues that are in front of us with housing from affordability to fireproofing to sustainability and recycling that that uh, you know whether our product will be one that makes it within the masses of product or not? We'll see. But I'm really excited about where the world's heading in terms of new technologies and and ways of thinking about housing.
0: And so you said that's a prefab uh, product, right? Yeah. So can you maybe give us a little more detail about what that is and and how that's going to come
1: to market, or if it's already is it already being sold? It's not being sold yet. It's in uh, prototype. We're, we're building our first prototype homes. Well, we built. So we, we we went out to find a better way to construct a home and at the same time we're designing what we called it the, the essential home. So sort of, you know on the heels of people like Dieter Rams, it was sort of like less but better. Mm-hmm. Not not less, not minimal, but essential. Yeah. Um so we were designing what we thought could be a home that that answered to that um ambition that i think a lot of people have right now especially Mm -hmm. younger generations are not interested in being anchored to their home they want exceptional lives that include all kinds of other things but would also love to own a home so there was a lot of these sort of things in our minds and then we went out to try and find the right technology to help us produce something that that could answer to some of the technical problems that we saw in Mm -hmm. wood frame construction Um, And we ended up partnering with a manufacturer. And so the product is a magnesium and um, hemp and recycled plastic panel. It's factory made. We're able to ship these homes with cabling and plumbing within the walls. We're working on, because the walls are magnesium, we're working on them being able to be a uh, like a battery basically. So if you're off the grid, you could store energy in the walls. Mm. Um, And so they will deploy in... You know, they're not instantaneous, but you you would build a home pretty much anywhere that you could ship to within two to three months instead of a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And they would be more affordable. They would be recyclable. Um, These panels, you can mulch them up and make a new panel, unlike wood frame construction, which has nails in it, which makes it very hard to recycle. That's interesting. And and they're also structural panels? They are. Um, So it's basically...
0: uh, um traditional might not be the right word but like a, a kind of a conventional home but it's designed and built in a whole new way yes. you have to reinvent the way they're constructed basically yes. the, the technology of the construction is what's truly new that's fascinating um i think i've run out of all my questions for you but is there anything else you want to add or share with the audience that's really exciting to you or a message you want to pass on or anything else
1: gosh i don't know um
0: Thanks for having me. I, I, I could talk all day about all this stuff. Well, you don't have to have an answer. No, it sometimes is acceptable. I want to thank you very much for your time. It was great, short and sweet. And hopefully it's the first of many conversations.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Hey, Arno here. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you'll come back for more. Please share with your friends and colleagues. And remember to subscribe on our website at rvltr.studio. Until next time, ciao.